So with that, I just want to open up in quick prayer. I'm going to get right into it. And I will talk fast because I just want to give all the information that I can. And we will stay longer outside to talk afterwards too. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for just allowing us all to wake up and be here this morning to uh, enjoy this last day of fellowship and company with one another that are doing so many things uh, to serve and support. And we know that we're imperfect. We know that we struggle in our homes, in our marriages, and life is not uh, picture perfect every day. But we pray for your grace to continue to be sanctified, to grow in our families, uh, with our children, uh, with our neighbors, to help us to live the gospel in the OR, in the ER, wherever our practices may be, whether it's in med school or in in undergraduate, help us to be um, a right and real reflection of you and give us the strength to uh, not only to love our neighbors, but also to love our neighbors far away as well. We pray you bless any missionaries here, any people that will be missionaries and the potential there and help us to be consistent in our lives um, and pray your blessing on all the patience that we are taking care of today. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so, really quick introduction about ourselves. And that's really not the important part, but uh, we started um, several years ago, and it was small, and it came from our own need to do medical missions. That's the first ultrasound that I bought in medical school, and this is more equipment that we've acquired slowly over time. And... Like I said, uh, you know, from humble beginnings, this is our first uh, quarter uh, PayPal account, $206. I think, I think this actually came from our parents, too. Uh, and so uh, we're not gifted in the fundraising aspect. I, I, we make all of our own money now, but some people are really good at it. This is, we're not. So humble beginnings, uh, this is actually the first bag. This is the first donation we got. I think it might have been the last, too, but this is our first bag of vaginal speculums. I drove about 35 minutes to Carlsbad to pick it up, and this, you know, I could have got this for like $9, but it was great to meet him, and I was like, I got vaginal speculums that I could have bought and had you know, Amazon Prime to my door, but it was great, good experiences. So over the years, we've, we've had a lot of ups and downs. We've learned the pitfalls. We've done pretty much everything that you can is that you think in your mind, how can we get medical equipment? We've pretty much done a lot of it, um, and so I want to share some of those uh, with you. This is our website. This is some of the things that we did. And if you guys don't know, we don't have to get into it, but my wife actually shared the gospel with me many years ago. She really has a lot more experience as a missionary than me, not just in medicine, but also just before that teaching in, in China and also in Mexico as well. Um, really cultures me. Um, so when it comes to equipment, you think, okay, I've got my training. I've got a few things with me. I've got my family. And I'm ready to go. And now you get there and you think, I got to deal with sutures and all this, and you know I got to I, I need to sterilize it, and then I have I, I need that you know a resuscitation. I need a life pack. I, do they have airway equipment? And then you get there and you realize that you know okay we've got the machine, but we don't have the electrodes, so we can't use the machine, and we've got a stack of three broken ones. Um, I don't know if you guys have experienced that. And then you're like, well, I need an ultrasound too, because last time I you know I didn't have one, and it can be very overwhelming. Um, but my encouragement is that we're just going to take it step by step. And by God's grace, we've grown over the years. Um, God has multiplied what we've done. It went from one ultrasound in medical school to like 30 to 40 over the years. And just, just 
an increase in equipment. And from that, people have been reaching out and just... So the way that our, our charity works is that we have a for-profit side that I run as a business, and then we have a non-profit side that we use, um, the for-profit side, to sustain us so that we can give. So for any missionaries, any mission hospitals, especially anyone here, we don't mark up, we don't charge, and we do everything that we can to help. That doesn't mean that we're at the financial position to give you an ultrasound. I'm praying one day that we can do that. But... Um, that's what we do. And then the for-profit side works with people in the states that are practicing, maybe they have their own clinics. And for there, we mark up, but we still go cheap, and they know that we're supporting people like yourselves. Um, so that's a little bit about us. And first, just to get us excited, I just want to share some interesting things. This is based on feedback from last year. This is just kind of fun items that a lot of uh, doctors are like, I didn't even know that existed. You know, I'm a little bit younger, so I'm like, yeah, let me show you kind of what's hip today. It's pretty cool. Um, and these are all things that we have, and uh, a, a lot of it we do have, and we have some demos here. But I just want to walk through it just so we can get us pumped up about the next part, which is how to find the equipment. So this here is an eco-core. It goes onto your stethoscope. And if you don't have an ultrasound and you want to get back to medical school and look at the S1, S2, and look at the different holocystolic murmurs and get into that, and sometimes if you have time out there and you have no consultation, why not? You know, you just put this on your stethoscope. It's a couple hundred bucks. And then you can look. And it just tells you, if you're not a cardiologist, and you're just like, I just want to spend some extra time listening to what this heart sounds like. This is great. And it's not that expensive. And it's just another tool, you know, in your bag. Um, you, many of you guys have seen... What is not that expensive? Uh, a couple hundred bucks. And maybe you can even get one for like 100, 150 coupons, you know, Black Friday. So this one right here is the... Panoptic, and many of you guys have seen this, and honestly, I'd never use this in like, yeah, like here to look at the eye, but overseas, yeah, you, you know, you take an you know, hour to look at that eye because maybe you don't have a slit lamp. Um, so this Panoptic 2, uh, we'll show you how to get that, but you can look at, you can do a fundus examination, also fits on the otoscope too, and many of you guys have already seen that. And I know, um, you know, in the States, you know, we're all like protective of our specialty. I'm, you know, I'm a surgeon, I'm anesthesia, you know, this is what I do, this is what you do, and, you know, we don't cross. But overseas, if you have experience, you might be the only person. So that's why I, re I really enjoy the derm light. You know, this is for derm. You can, it just changes your world. I mean, a lot of people are like, I don't, you know, I don't know, I gotta, I gotta call someone for that rash. But with the dermatoscope and one book, it really gives you that confidence to look at a rash and figure out what's going on. So that's a really neat tool, and I don't think it's limited to dermatologists. I think it can be for anyone. Um, and I'll also add that to this. I almost bought a sinuscope, an oroscope, to do better uh, ear exams, but those can cost up to $1,000 for this little camera, and you got to buy this striker tube and everything. I almost pulled the trigger and bought it, but then I found this. It's a, it's a new product. Um, and it's like $23 on Amazon, and it's really thin, and you just, you just put it in the air, and it literally does the same thing as a $1,000 oroscope. Simple as that, and it connects to your phone or your computer, and we actually have that here to show you. Um, uh, this is called Scope. I have to look at the label, but it, it's Scope Around. Just type in Ultra Thin, because for the air, you want Ultra Thin. And it's literally like, it's so easy to use. You, you don't even install the app. You click on a thing and it just pops up the camera on your computer. It's awesome. It's USB and your phone. Uh, the next two here are the portable EKG and spirometry. 
full on. So you can just literally take this little module. It's called the uh, Welsh Allen SE. It's, it's on your paper there too. The Welsh Allen SE Pro 600. And there's a few other iterations of that. And there's the spirometer. And I know many of us aren't going to like be sitting there telling people to, you know, you know, blow it in out of everything. But literally it fits in a pocket. So, I mean, just another tool in your bag. And it's not, and this is, it's actually a decent EKG as well. So that's neat. The last time people really wanted to know more about that. Um, you know, people think, wow, medicine's expensive in the States. But then if you look at the technology and the tools, and while it is still catching up, a lot of this has become really inexpensive. This urinalysis analyzer, I, you know, I've you know, been in several urgent cares. This is, a, this is just as good, if not better. This is the newest model by McKesson. Guess how much this costs, this urinal, urinalysis analyzer? Not like a full lab one, but this is just like, get, can anyone guess how much they cost? Uh, 49 bucks. So, pretty good. Yeah, I, I've got one. I, I don't know if I fit in the suitcase, but we have one. Uh, this is a HemoQ. This is point-of-care hemoglobin analyzer. Um, I have friends that can really do their best to hook it up when they do get some of these. But this is point-of-care hemoglobin analyzer. And you can just, some of the, sta some of the state ERs, they're, they're like, we need one of those. In the States, I'm like, you can just bring one overseas too. And you can also get this fairly inexpensive. The expensive... Correct. Sure, sure. And for us, what we found at the best deal buying in bulk, uh, each test is about ten bucks. So I kind of reserve it for when you really do need it. Yeah, so it's, it's a you know ten bucks. Uh, and we'll get into more of the financing too later on. Just some tips. Uh, Celebs. Um, you have any ophthalmologists in the room here? Okay. Uh, Celebs can be very expensive. And I'll, I'll show you some techniques to get the expensive equipment. But for example, I bought my slope lamp for about $400. And it's actually a nice one. So I don't know if you'll get the same deal, but I'll help you get somewhere around there. A portable cautery, that's great. That's, that's so inexpensive now. This is so cheap. Um, this is the intubation scope. I brought one of them here to show you. And you can even put a camera down there for teaching as well. Um, it's just a little attachment. You can get it on eBay. And tonometers are tough. I haven't bought one of this for myself. I don't really, frankly, need it. But you can get this as well. Um, and I'll show you about that. This is, this is awesome. It's so easy to use. You know, it can teach you know, a sibling to use it. Just put it up to the eye and they can get it. Um, and this is portable suction, uh, especially for that going into the villages. And this Ambu mask, too, it literally fits in a pocket. And, it, and it's just as good as your full Ambu bag. And I think I brought one here for you guys, too. So this is just some neat technology to get us hyped about buying medical equipment which I'm into. I, I don't expect you to be as into it as I am. So here we go. Here's how to do it. Um, and these are the five uh, ways that I think people can think of. And last year was kind of doom and gloom for me, but I've kind of changed the presentation to make it more practical, like what you can do before you go out to actually do missions. So here are the five options. Buy in the mainstream market, hospital donations, warehouses, medical auctions, and then kind of you know, black markets, not really black market, but Craigslist, eBay, used markets, kind of the shady stuff. This is my specialty. So this is how you do it. So mainstream market. We, we've been around for a little bit. I know we both look like we're young, <laughs> but uh, we visited a lot of my friends, that, and, I, and I do mean friends. We do, we do mean friends, and we've been to these companies, and we've sat with the CEOs, and sometimes it's hit or miss. Sometimes people don't want to give you time. Some people do give you time. But these are the ones that really gave us the time and support uh, Christian missions, at least to some extent. And so this is the places that we visited. There's a few more. 
And again, all these people are making millions and millions of dollars on the mainstream market because there's a lot of money to be made in healthcare. Um, but not, it's hard to find people that are giving. So the bottom line, mainstream market, these are your prices, right? You want this analyzer, $30,000. You know, this ultrasound, doctor's toy store, maybe you guys have heard of them, $17,000. I could never afford that. I never want you guys to think that you have to fundraise for that. I, I don't think that's the best stewardship. But what I will say about the mainstream market, the positive thing is that this is pictures. Uh, these two are here, actually, at the conference today. And they actually work with the nonprofit of the Relink, and the, their foundation is called the Dalton Foundation, and they support Christian medical missions. And if you see them, good connection to make. They can help out. Uh, Jason Block, these guys, these guys are very, very, very high up there, and they support, they care. They, they, you know, they have a heart for the gospel. And these are pictures of the business owners that my wife and I have been with. And um, what I will say about this. I don't know if you guys have the time to make the relationships, but if you have a, a group that does have the time, when you get to know people over years, it's just like if in business. Sometimes it doesn't even come down to all the blah, blah, blah. It comes down to who you know, just as a friend. And honestly, you just send them an email over time. Now it's like, well, you need this? And they just send stuff. Like, here you go. Like, I just have this. We, we like you. You've, let's have dinner together, you know? And my wife has something to say there. And not exactly, we didn't get the Chison from Chison, but we got it from Brian Kosar, who runs the, oh, okay, yeah, he runs that. But um, So that's what I will say. Uh, mainstream is good, but not for buying. It's for making relationships and investing and keeping those relationships. And again, I know as, you know, a lot of you are busy physicians, having a spouse or, you know, uh, a brother or someone that can do that part of your ministry is really helpful, even if it's just a Christmas card, you know. So two, hospital donations. Uh, how many practicing physicians or retired physicians you know, working in the hospital system do we have here? Raise your hand. Couple, great, great. As you know, you know, many people have the idea, you walk around the hospital and you, you see the scrub nurse throwing all this stuff into the trash and you're like, what? No, like I can't believe it. And you go into their biomed warehouse and you're like, that's junk, that's junk, even though that works, that works, but we're throwing it out. And you're like, how can we get this to the missions field? Um, some people do it. Some people do it. But we don't do it. And we've tried. I've sat there in biomed offices. I've signed paperwork. What do we need to do now? How do we get that? You know, tied up for a year. I was like, you know what? I already bought it. So I just, it's so hard. And then you're like, how can we set up a system? So my encouragement for this is that if you are a surgeon, you're, you know, you're, you're in the administration, and you have a way to facilitate this, do it. Because there's so much good equipment there, right? And secondly, uh, if you are in more of a rural practice, so this talking about Midwest, some of these hospitals already have programs where if you just put your name in, they can facilitate getting the equipment to you or to your organization. So those are the two ways that I would recommend doing hospital donations. Otherwise, if you're like me and maybe you just have hospital privileges or whatnot, it's probably not worth your time. The next one, equipment surplus and warehouses. There's tons of you know, we liquidate equipment. This is our warehouse. And I, got, I don't know if you guys even know this movie, but this is episode uh, one. It's got, you know, Watto and he's in a junkyard. And he's like kind of like dealing with these guys and trying to like hustle them. <laughs> it kind of is like that. But I will say that the equipment um, does have more of a safer return policy. And 
They like relationships and they're willing to sell it. They've got aisles and aisles in all these warehouses and they just want to get rid of their stuff. So you can negotiate prices with them. And if you find someone that does support Christian missions, they can even help arrange the couple hundred dollars for shipping. They can drop the price down for you. And if you get to know them over time, um, they can really work with you. And we've developed many relationships. So I would say, again, relationships for these equipment warehouses. And then number two, um, negotiating. And say, are you on consignment? Because what is your consignment margin? And always, uh, this is what I do, I just spam pictures of our missions and say, this is what we're doing, you know. And it's just all, you know, it's just all part of the thing. And you say, you know, I know you're selling this table for four grand, but, you know, take a look at, you know, this. Like, and it's like, especially if you just put us as a reference, they'll be like, you know, let me work with you. But again, relationship and time. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about later, about what your time ratio will look like and if you really want to do that. Because I don't expect all of you to be sending, doing it the way that we do it. Uh, and by the way, these are significantly cheaper than buying retail, significantly. So the next thing, auctions and liquidations. People almost think, there are auctions all the time. How can we get this equipment and bid on it, you know, and get it? And I want to give you guys, I, I actually, I have favorited all the auction sites. I've sat there. I mean, I don't want to go into stories, but I, believe me, I've, all right, here we go. You know, let's do it. You know, like, let me fly to Texas and get the equipment. Um, I will tell you this, um, especially for you guys that are practicing physicians, a lot of this equipment can be good uh, and can be an amazing steal. You can get this for 5,000% under cost. But you will be playing a game. A lot of these companies are just like, you're just going to take it. You know, you buy that for three thousand and it's fifty thousand, but it's yours, and you're going to have to ship it too. And a lot of us just don't have the time to fly out and arrange all that shipping, so it can be difficult. And you have to kind of play the game too. I mean, you're going to have to be going to see a patient, check on your bidding, and then come back and see a patient. You know, it's not feasible for a lot of people. But if you have someone that can do it, it can be possible. Um, and I, I can share with you some of the places, too, afterwards that do support Christian missions. And again, a lot of these places, when you buy expensive stuff in bulk, for example, I facilitated a, a purchase of, I think, $140,000 for, uh, this is a friend that, it's not for missions, but a friend that was working in Texas that supports what we do. And we drove the price down really low. And again, if you guys are making money in the States, but you guys are doing missions, we support that, too. So we support Christian physicians making money in the States, so we don't mind even if things go to your clinic. We do that all the time. And the last part, oh, this is just an example that, oh, I wanted to say, sometimes they don't end very well. Uh, there's a lot of my acquaintances that are bidding against us, and they come in here, and they're big companies, and you don't get the best deal. That happens a lot. However, you can. Look at this. This is an example. Megadyne patient electrode. I think my friend Ann Sophie in Gomi Hospital was like, can I get one? It's like a thousand bucks. It ended at $15. I was like, hey, honey, look, it's, it's, it's actually pretty cheap here. So anyways, this is an example. This min x-ray, you can retail for 50. We get them a lot lower, but again, ended for $2,500. That's pretty good. That's pretty good prices there. Um, so it can happen. The last one I want to cover here is the black market. Not really. It's an eBay, Craigslist, offer up things like that. Um, so I want to start off with the bad, and then I'll jump into the good. This uh, is probably the go-to option for a lot of you when you're not dealing with hugely expensive equipment, okay? But you have to be careful, because if it looks too good to be true, it can. I've been scammed many times. I've got my money back, but 
I have, I've gone through the headache and added stress in my life, and I'm like, oh, I want this ultrasound, a bit on it, and didn't work out. This guy, you know, this was 4000 bucks. It's questionable. This is so suspect right here. So you have to be careful that they're not copy and pasting, you know, their descriptions. Ideally, and I'm going to get into the tricks. Um, and even some that have reasonable prices, they even put like a high price. I'm like, that's not the smartest thing. That was still a scam. So it can be difficult. I don't want to scare you guys from doing that, but I will have some tips and advice. What, what do you mean by scam? I mean, the product's not there? They just take your money? Or they just you a poorly functioning product? Or what? Oh, sorry. Let me describe that. So they actually will make a listing. They'll take an eBay account, usually a, a power seller, and they'll, they'll steal the account information. So they have an instant transfer to their PayPal, and then they'll check out with it, but they don't even have the product. They just list it. So they just take the, they, they steal the logins, they take the money, and then they leave the guy to deal with the hassle, and they get reimbursed afterwards. But they ran with the cash. How do you deal with all the negative reviews that show up? I mean, if you're if you're a power seller, you're going to want to have good reviews. They steal, they steal many accounts, and they do it once per account. I got you. Yeah. So. It, so they're oh, so they're stealing someone else's account to make the bid. It's not their own account. No. Usually, uh, again, we don't have time. But basically, it's like they'll take like a. a uh, an uh, elderly lady in the Midwest who's like selling thousands of like stockings, so it's great reviews, like 23,000 like positive reviews. Then they'll sell a random piece of medical equipment for $15,000. You'll bid instant transfer. They'll take the money and then they'll, you know, you have to deal with them now. So, yeah, so it does happen. It's, you know, getting better. Um, so with this, I want to show you just quickly the, the, the pearls and pitfalls of this and how to do it, mostly the pearls. If you have equipment that's within the ranges of a couple hundred bucks to around five, seven thousand uh, dollars, eBay is great. Craigslist can be great if you can go in person and bring a, you know, a carry with you. You don't need to do that. That's okay. But eBay, um, especially, this is the tip. So you want to find sellers that sell a lot of medical equipment. You don't want the guy that's selling one random piece and you're like. Okay, I don't know. But if this guy is selling multiple ultrasounds and it looks like they've been doing it for a long time, that's good. Good reviews are good. And also someone that their eBay name is the title of their company. And I usually, we have like a, an algorithm. We'll search their name. We'll look up the, the, we'll look them up on the Better Business Bureau. We'll check all of those things out to make sure that this person looks like they have a history of doing it. And then usually, again, um, you know, there's a lot of things that we do in missions that it's for the greater good and it's not necessarily like, the best practices, you know, by business standards, but eBay, eBay wants to make money from you, right? So they want, the, they want the fee, PayPal wants the fee, and they own both companies, so they take double fees. I just encourage you as missionaries, just call the company and be like, can you guys send me a direct invoice and I'll buy it directly from you guys and save yourself a couple thousand dollars. Again, that's not, eBay doesn't like that, but that's what we do because, you know, we're not using this to make a profit. Um, other things about these machines, you're pretty safe within zero to two thousand dollars. You can usually get a good return. You won't be fighting. And even if you do make a bad purchase at like seven thousand um, dollars, you can work with PayPal. If you got your documentation, you will get the money back. I've never not gotten my money back, so you don't need to feel too afraid of doing that. Um, and so this is the option. I want to go about, you know, what what works for you. If you guys are short-term missionaries or looking for something long-term, but just something to take with you, I recommend eBay. This isn't hard. You go on, and I'll show you a demo here in a little bit. You add it to your watch list, and then you just know, I need this. I want to make a bid. I'm going to call them you know, in my off time, and we'll set this up. If you have more time um, and are looking for, you're, you're doing this on a regular basis, then you can try auctions and liquidations. 
Um, if you're, you know, you have you and your family are trying to get together and really start this clinic together, this is something that you guys should do. Especially if you guys are, you know, groundbreaking. You guys are kind of building up a new wing, a new branch. This is something you guys can do. Um, and if you guys are plugged in, uh, this is something that you can also do. Especially, you know, a lot of surgeons have more access to do this, but then it's kind of a trade-off because you don't have the time. And so what I want to say to conclude this portion, and then we'll get into some success stories here. Uh, this is my philosophy. It doesn't need to be yours. If you're in a position where you're, you can make several thousand dollars um, pretty quickly, especially if you're a surgeon, do a few more cases, don't, you don't need to play you know, a young man's game and like jump through hoops and bend backwards and try to get this stuff for the best deal. It's not worth your time to income ratio. Do a couple cases, work a few more extra hours, stay over time. I wouldn't say like pick up another job at another hospital, but just buy, just buy something. Find someone that can get you a price, someone that will work with you, not gouge you, and supports your missions. And, and they can make a profit, for sure, and give you a fair price. And that's your best time-to-income ratio. And that's what I do nowadays. Right now, we're in the position where I don't spend my time chasing after $50 to $500 items. I'll just, I'll just buy it. It's not a big deal. So it just depends on what, you know, you have to gauge that for yourself, especially your family's time, too. Um, but if you are hustling in a very you know, low-income state and it's like you know, maybe you've already retired and this is like something that you need to do and you're going on a trip you know, in the next month, yeah, I would play this game. Save yourself a couple hundred bucks and it's worth it, especially if you do you know, the eBay style. And this is some examples of that. You know, this Panoptic, you know, 400 bucks, you can get this. Uh, it's, this is a, it, it says used, but that, this is actually sold new. And then this one right here, this Midmark, this is a nicer 12 lead. Um, you, can, you even got this for $7.99, which is great. And you can find this cheaper. So I bought, I bought ours for about $150. Uh, this dermatoscope, you know, this usually sells around $300. I did buy ours for about $100. Um, and then this life pack, you want something that can be, uh, the battery can be refurbished. I didn't bring our life pack, but... Basically, we met with a company. There's a company in Colorado. We can, we'll, we can give you these references, too. So it's not like you have to be like, oh, tell me. We'll, email us. We, I can share them with you. And this company supports missions. They're so nice. They call you up and be like, this is how you can do it on the field. And they drop the price down. I think we got ours for like 1000 bucks, and it came with like everything. You, know, you want to make sure it doesn't leave anything out. And so let's do a quick example I know we can't go through everyone's examples, but can anyone kind of say a piece of expensive equipment that maybe we can just try it out? Oh, I, I have a question before that. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, so I was wondering, you, going back to the working directly with hospitals to get donations, is there any kind of like established, I mean, you kind of mentioned maybe one, um, but like established uh, partnerships between like medical sending missions and like hospital administrators? Absolutely, and it, again, it's about finding them and who you know. But for example, one of them is Relink, and Relink is a for-profit. No, it's non-profit, but they have like a more profitable side. But if you go talk to like Barbara Campbell, for example, she's pretty busy. But if you talk to other guy and you send emails and work with them, they have the Dalton Foundation, which. Honestly, I, I could call them up and be like, you know, I, I really need this, and, and they'll work with you on the price, you know. And there are some places, even around here, that can find it. But again, I, 
if you are making an income, I, I, would, I would leverage your income to get the best deal, if that makes sense. There are some really, uh, really good ones that we've done before. Okay. Um, oh, Dermot's on here. Nice. Billy uh, Williams. Okay. I said, okay. So, all right, let's, uh, let's go up and pull. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and do uh, ice. Okay, let's see. So we're going to go ahead and try. only have 15 minutes left, so I want to do this quickly. So we're going to do an ISTAT, which is a point-of-care blood gas analyzer. Okay, we've actually owned many of those as well. Don't really use them too much, but for example, <laughs> get to see offer expired on something. That's funny. All right. So ISTAT, um, let's, I think you probably want the ISTAT 300. So this is an example of your ISTAT, and I always like to kind of get a feel for it. There's veterinary kinds, and then there's for human use. And what I'll do is, you know, you just come on here really quickly. You can probably do this, you know, even in the clinic, and you just kind of go down. Like, okay, the top end price is around $5,600, and you kind of drop down. I already know this, so I'm just talking through it with you guys. And I walk down here, untested, that sounds scary. Okay, 30-day warranty, it sounds good. Go down, and then you have more of your parts, and then you have your charging dock. Um, okay, so it looks like kind of like the bottom line here is about 1,000, but this, doesn't come, this is, might not come with a charger. You might not come with your battery holder, a lot of things. So what I would do, especially if you're able to make a couple thousand dollars in a week or a day, is kind of come up more to the mid-range and say, you know what, I might want to reach out to some of these companies and just see what they can do. Never buy from here. These, <coughs> I know these people actually. I, I actually know where they repair these because we do sell to them. Um, and just call them up because they're sitting on like 15 of them and they don't know what to do with it. So you can negotiate. Call them up and say, you know what, I think I want one of these. Um, and this is the price that I'm looking at. Like, that, that may be offended. Like, no, that, that is, that is, we just don't do that. Like, oh, okay, well. How, what, like, what's your lowest price then? Like this. Oh, okay, well, that sounds good, but what about, and then you just go to $100 lower. And then say, can it come with everything? And, you know, you kind of, you, know, you got to work it a little bit. But if you're not going to do that, and, you, you know, you have the kind of income to do it, like, okay, you know what? I want to search for something cheaper than the average, so let me just go to sold really quick. And I want to look at kind of like the lowest prices here. And then these are all parts you don't want to go too cheap, especially if you don't need to. I mean, this is, this is what I recommend for, like, students if you want to go really budget. But, okay, so you have some pre-owns that are just bare bones for, like, a thousand something. Okay, so this, uh, this is okay. You want something more complete. Okay, so this looks like it has the software. It's got the dock. It's got the printer. 2003. So, okay, that's kind of where I want to go. And this one sold October 27th. So what I'm going to do in my mind, this is a time, a couple months before your trip. So, you know what? I want to kind of fish for about two months, and I want something either a little bit more expensive, you know, just to give myself that buffer window, so maybe 2500 and maybe I can even fish for something around, you know, 2000 So I'll put that on my search list, and then every single day you have a list of things that you want, you desire, and this is just for eBay. This is just how to do it. And you go on, you just search every day, and you click on, you just have new listings. So then every day, it'll show you new notifications like, oh, new iStat, new iStat. And you just kind of quickly look. Oh, nothing. Oh, nothing. And then eventually you'll find one that'll come up as a buy it now. Buy it now, $2,000, I sat fully loaded. And then you buy it. And that's how, that's how we got the slit lamp. That's pretty much every piece of equipment that we've gotten. That's 
how you do it to get it lowest. And if you guys, again, I understand some of you guys have been practicing for a really long time and have more disposable income. What I would recommend, call up the company. I actually know the guy that would sell the iStat. He's got way too many. He's really desperate to get rid of it. I think he regrets having that many. Call him and say, I can, I'll wire you this cash and I'm a missionary and I'm doing this X, Y, and Z and I need all this, this. Is there anything you can do to work with me? And I was referred by Andrew from the Giving Tree and, you know, and then he'll say, yeah, I think I can do this. And I'm like, oh, you know, can you do this? And, then, <laughs> and believe me, he wants to sell it. So that's an example of the iStat. And uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to look. We have like a big inventory for it. Um, so that's an example of the iStat. And we have 10 minutes left. So I, we will be around. Last time we used a lot more time. And I just wanted to make sure we got to everything. Um, but we will talk. And if anything, if you need to go to a different session, grab one of our cards and just send an email. Just send, it, send a PO. And then we'll just say, okay, is that bad or is that good? Don't mind doing that at all. Um, so let me see if we have anything last slides. And before we close, too, we'll do more questions. And my wife also... Uh, for some of you that might be students, maybe you're in medical school or maybe just starting off, or people that, even in residency, that you're like looking to do something, looking to do the impossible, do what's never been done. Uh, my wife has uh, an encouragement, and it goes into a little bit of our story, too. And so this is, I just want to end with my encouragement, and then she'll end with hers. It can be possible, and she'll go into this more, but you just start small. I mean, we started off like this, you know, <laughs> this is great. This is, this is where we started off from. And then, you know, went to that, into that. And then this was, I think, last year. This was four extra units that we bought. And uh, Greg Shank that we met here, this is the beauty of this conference. We met him last year. His, he's been doing surgery in this place where he's using, you know, surgery or no surgery, you know, on the, on the abdomen. Surgery. No, I, mean, I mean, he was basically doing that. No x-ray. And he loves it. He, he loves to cut. Um, this was this was uh, this was earlier this year. That's the ultrasound. I mean, that's the X-ray that we had gotten, uh, bought wholesale from Military Surplus, and he's he's serving there. And that's their first machine. And in Chad, it's in Chad. Yeah. So it's a it's a beautiful thing. So again, I, if any of you guys are the same, you reach out to us as well. And basically, just start small, and it's possible. And we obviously know why we're doing it. So this is. We don't really advertise what we're doing, but you just reach out to us and, yeah, be glad to work. And, oh, is there? If a company gives you uh, or sells something to you below cost or whatever, can they write that off as a charitable contribution? Can you use that as a little bit of a pitch? If you're working for, like, SIM or Samaritan's Purse, I would contact the, the coordinator there and have them take care of the write-off stuff. That's what we do. In fact, we, we use Samaritan's Purse and other people to write off stuff for us. They take care of it so that we can we just focus on this. So that, that's that's an easy way to do it. Or if your organization can do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one more and then we'll go. Yes, ma'am. Excellent question. I have a lot to say about that, too. Maybe we can even talk at the ultrasounds, too. I can go about the butterfly IQ. Um, but I want to let my wife close with... Uh, oh, okay, so you'll answer that afterwards? Yes. Okay. Um, so thank you, Ruth. Thanks, guys. Oh, yes, I call him Ruth. So I was so blessed. Um, oh, my book on. Thank you. Um, so blessed um, to see you guys. Uh, I think.
um, knowing your own story and knowing the story of um, your husband or wife or, you know, you know where they came from um, and you see where they are now and what God has done. And um, you guys don't know where Andrew came from and the way that his mom and I do. And so I think we're both just really moved watching the way that God has blessed you and will bless so many people um, through the way that he has just imparted this um, experience with you. And so I just want to share a little bit about testimony because um, the Global Missions Health Conference is about God. And that's the only reason why Andrew has been motivated to do these things. And he doesn't have a business degree. He was never professionally trained in business. But this is a gift, isn't it? And, um, um, so um, I grew up uh, the fourth born in a, a family where my dad is from South Africa, uh, my mom is from the United States, and I was taught always um, not to look around to see if somebody else was doing something to see whether or not I could do it. I knew from a very young age I was going to do a lot of things for the first time that nobody else had done before. So to me, I grew up knowing, you know, um, just looking for needs to find out what I could do or couldn't do. To um, only basing it off of what God called me to do. Um, so that the things that I'm going to share with you from our testimony, obviously any of us could share a testimony and take years to share it. So the only things I'm going to share are really things that I think uh, have never been done before. And to really encourage you, like Andrew said, whether you're a student and you're just starting out or whether you're um, finished now and starting new things, you know, that um, so many of you are doing, um, do whatever God calls you to do and don't do anything else. That, that's what um, our testimony, I hope, will encourage you. Um, so uh, in high school, um, I remember um, finally, 15 years old, got to go to South Africa for the first time. My dad said we could each pick one thing that we really wanted to do our bucket list while we were there. So I wanted to go visit an orphanage. Um, so we got to go visit Kotlin's AIDS Orphanage and Hospice. Um, and I remember taking bracelets and then taking them back to my high school and selling bracelets for this, this orphanage and having the first teacher who told me, yes, you can, you can sell them in my classroom. And so having, um, and part of this also, whatever, wherever you're at, if you're in the lower part of the totem pole where you know you're looked at as somebody who is not helpful, or if you're at the upper part of the totem pole and you decide who's helpful and who's not helpful, I really hope this challenges you um, because everyone is helpful if God has called them to do something. And so not looking at those who are underneath you in the totem pole and, and assuming that they need your help, they might be the ones who can help you. And in a similar fashion, if you are at the lower end of the totem pole, not looking at yourself as a receiver, but you have to, you have to be a giver. Um, and so that teacher was one of the first people who allowed me to start doing that. Um, after that, um, coming to the end of high school, uh, I started working in the um, cafeteria because I wanted to learn how I could get food donated to the local food distribution, the local food bank. Um, so for my senior project, I worked with the, uh, the school board, uh, all the red tape, the people who just are always so grumpy. Um, and I knew it was going to take time. I knew, you know, I was used to that. I'm the fourth born. You don't, you don't have to get your way the first time. Um, <laughs> you just listen, you smile, and at the end, you, you tell them what you want again. <laughs> and then, um, so um, by the end of the school year, you know, got the food, donated to the local food bank, um, and then I had um, started to do the children's ministry for the local um, Hispanic church, um, and I really wanted to get the, um, the children's ministry serving the food bank. Am I doing something wrong? Yeah, yeah. Five minutes, he says. Um, um, and so I remember, even pastors, I remember going to my pastor and being like, you know, I want to do this thing. I want to teach the children how to serve. I want to get this food bank that I now have a relationship with. I want to connect it with the church who's doing ministry in the, inter the um, downtown Escondido. Um, no, you know, <laughs> even a pastor, you know, there's always a red table, always used to this. It's okay, okay. 
Um, so when can we do this? You know, just don't, be persistent, be persistent. Um, so just before I started undergraduate, we had our first one. It was at like two picnic tables at a park. Um, and now uh, when we go back like 10 years later, they're still doing it. The volunteers and there's um, hundreds of people who are served every Saturday and they share the gospel every Saturday before before the food um, is distributed. Um, I see, going into um, undergraduate, um, I knew that uh, God was calling me to be a medical missionary. And I knew that um, I loved people. I don't love science. Science is fascinating, and I'm capable of doing it, so I feel responsible to do it. But I love people. I love souls. So my major was international studies, focusing on cultural studies. Um, So I was able to study abroad um, in China for a year, learn the language, um, able to go back. We were talking about yesterday, able to go back and teach English as a, a way of sharing the gospel. Um, and that took me a little bit longer, but like for Andrew, he always says he felt like he went the biochem route because uh, you know like that's what you do, right? Looking around, what what do other people do in order to do this? He felt like he rolled down the hill, you know, with all the the, the thorns. Uh, by the end of medicine, by the end of uh, undergraduate, he was just so you know. Um, broken and for me I was like he always said I'm like skipping through a field of flowers you know I did what I wanted to do I knew what God was calling me to do and I just enjoyed every moment of it um, and my my actually my pre-med counselor he told me it's basically not going to work I'm, there's nobody else who's ever graduated with this you know uh, if you're pre-med you you know do you do science um, but I had a my my um, international studies professor who never had person in his department, you know, do pre-med, he supported me. He, you know, it didn't matter if he did or not, I would have still done it, but it was very nice, you know, to have somebody who believed it could be possible. Um, uh, then, so um, finishing, as soon as I finished undergraduate, by then I had, you know, uh, gone through all the waves of a, a young woman, like wanting to be married, not wanting to be married, so I was content to be celibate. Um, by that time, and then um, God opened my heart to the idea of perhaps marrying, and then there's who am I going to marry? Um, I had met Andrew, organic chemistry class, perfect, right? Um, didn't like each other at all. He was not a believer, and if you want to talk to his mom later, if you have a prodigal son or anything like that, um, he uh, had been in a relationship before we met. He was shattered to pieces on the floor uh, and couldn't really you know, know how to socialize, talk to people, um, wasn't doing well in school. <laughs> this, is, this is all for God's glory. Um, and um, the poor professor <laughs> was so sad. And, uh, and so, um, yeah, just being be able to share, share the gospel uh, with him and to see that for the first time, you know, I had so many people I just loved. I wanted them to know the Lord. I would, I would share the gospel. I would put little verses on their coffee cup and all that stuff, and then nothing happened. And with him, I had this sense that God was saying, you know, I'm going to take care of him. You keep him in a very far distance. Um, and within months, he was reading God's word. First, when I met him, he was at Barnes & Noble looking at every self-help book that you could find. He had, like, looked at all the religions, and all of them were wrong, you know. Um, and within months, by the time the end of Christmas break happened, he was reading the Bible. He reads much faster, read the whole Bible all the way through. And um, he had gone from this annoying guy in class to a brother. And so by the time I graduated uh, undergrad, he had become my best friend. He became my, I, I was his, but we were like twin brothers. He treated me like, you know, brother. Um, we were like that close. Uh, he didn't like me. I didn't like him. He knew the guys in China that I wanted to marry. <laughs> I knew the, the people that he wanted to marry. Um, and in a year, God changed all of that to where we got married in December, started medical school together uh, in January. Um, not this year, uh, but yeah. So, 
so even that, even that, you don't have to get up when it's time. Um, my, so even that, you know, having even my father, my father who had taught me, you know, never give up, do whatever God calls you to do. Um, he didn't want me to marry before medical school. You know, the fears of a father, a godly father, um, who was afraid, you know, anything can happen to a woman who goes into medical school married, you know. He knew what I was called to do and was afraid that something would get in the way of that. But I found a leader who was pursuing God in a way, even beyond my own dad. And I knew at that point that my le- the leadership I'm supposed to transition to the one that is running faster after Christ. And um, so really encouraging those who aren't married yet, you know, wait for the one who has more initiative to you than you. That's what I was really praying for. Um, and so uh, once we were in medical school, of course, my dad was so you know, proud of us both, um, not because of, of, of medicine or prestige, but that he saw what we were doing. And this is the part that I think is mostly what I, what I want to share with you is, so every step along the way, you've seen that whatever skills that God had given me, I used them right there. There was never this thought that once I this, then I'll be able to that. Once I get this, then I'll be able to do it. Once I have this title, I'll be able to do that. Every single step of the way, whatever God has gifted you in, whatever you're able to do, use that and then build on it and build on it and build on it. So while we were in medical school, I already knew, you know, I have been a rural family medicine physician for decades now. That I was just a seed. I was growing and growing and growing. But I knew what God was calling me to. So while we were in medical school, that's when, like Andrew so that's when we started this. And so we've, we took our first ultrasound into the, the home for the aged there. And we're showing them, you know, people had had murmurs. They'd never been able to see their own heart, to see, you know, the valve pathology, being able to um, do clinics for uh, the, the people who worked in the shacks and uh, who made everybody food um, and being able to do, you know, to do um, uh, health checkups on them, see people who have like hypertensive urgency basically every day but don't have a doctor so they didn't know, you know, being able to serve in the way that God has gifted us, not what our school told us we're able to do or not able to do. It's, it's ridiculous how little is expected of medical students. They are expected to be, um, what are those microbes? Like an amoeba. <laughs> <laughs> have higher expectations. We are called to glorify God. We are not called to listen to somebody who told us what we were or what we were made to do. And so look at Andrew, how much he helped you. If you knew who he was, according to the world, you probably, this, this, there'd be like his mom would be here, you know? You guys wouldn't have come. But you came because the conference told you he's somebody that you could trust. He has the information you need. And you came and you received what God has called him to do. And so... I really encourage you, as you go out and study, as you go out and practice, uh, expect people to be what God made them to be, and they will rise to the occasion. Allow them to be who God called them to be. They will rise to the occasion. Allow yourself to be that. Um, and so everything that, you know, we've been able to do, all, the, um, all of these things that, uh, that you heard, all these things that you saw, we, we were able to do it by God's grace, all of it before graduating from medical school this May. And when we leave here, we will be going for interviews. And that's so shocking to so many people. Why people ask, you know, like, what's your specialty? What's your... And if anybody thought of us, what the world thinks of us, nobody that you guys are going to go out and serve would have the information that now you profoundly have been moved by. The giftedness God gave him, no, no business degree. He loves God. God changed him completely and made him a new man. 
And so I pray that um, you never forget this. Um, I, yeah, obviously love him, and so this one, yeah. <laughs> so one last thing, one last thing. We just want to say how um, how blessed we are by by all of you, all the stories, all the things that you're doing, and going to make break new ground and share the gospel. And we will be praying for you. We want you to know that. And um, he. Um, now that, that God saved him, you know, he has a different idea of what a hero is. He used to think those, those doctors uh, in movies, you know, he thought that, you know, you're a hero and, you know, everybody loves you and they respect you. And now that he knows the reality that, you know, everybody stays in a beam, in a meme, you know, as a doctor, you, you do everything that you can. And then you still a lot of times don't get the love. Um, so you're doing it and you are his heroes. You're the ones he talks about at night, you know, if so-and-so is doing it, you know. So um, we love you. We'll be praying for you and thank you for coming. <laughs>